Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Wait, we, we started already? I'm sorry, I wasn't quite ready. Well, right after the open is often when we do begin. I know it is, but I didn't have my headphones on and I didn't hear the opening start, so that's my bad. Mm. I apologize profusely to your excellent skills as running the uh, console and the equipment in here this morning. Catbird. <laughs> Run I'm the catbird. You're a cat, all right. <laughs> oh, brother. It's a good one. Okay, well, welcome on board, everybody. It's the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, on the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. We ask you check out our sponsor at WKOK.com or at SunburyMotors.com. Well, you can link to them at WKOK.com. Our toll-free line is now open, one 800 795 9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. You are welcome throughout our program and even right now if you wanted to, uh, to email us at onthemark at wkok.com and you can text us at 70236. That's the Text Connect system. You can sign up at wkok.com. Of course, it is two-way communication. We can read those texts on the radio. Uh, we also send you uh, breaking news information via the text connect system uh we have a caller already waiting on the line good morning marcia thanks for calling in you are on the mark thank you good morning i've wanted to call since summertime but now that we're getting closer to the event i really want the public to know so many people are always yelling discrimination this i'm discriminated that and they're all making the news and the headlines but we have a, a few people that turn the other cheek and they don't do anything and therefore, they're taken advantage of. We went to the sportsman show for 25-plus years and sat up down there. And there was certain people that would show up there. And on Sundays, because it was their religious day, they weren't set up. And they'd cover their, their booth and so forth. And when everyone would know this by then. And they would just wait till Monday or Saturday. And as far as tearing down, they didn't tear down Saturday night and leave an empty booth. They would come Monday morning. So they were being very nice about it. They paid for their booth in full, and everything was fine until this year. The people, I don't know if I can mention them or not, weavers, uh, archery, sat down there forever, their father before them. They went to sign their contract, as they normally do, and the money was sent back to them. They don't want them there. Everybody that sets up down there, even though you've paid your money and have at your booth, they said... The the public don't want that. We don't want you there. And, of course, what are they going to do? They turned the other cheek. They didn't make the newspapers. They didn't file claims against them, and they knew that they wouldn't. And, therefore, they're not going. And they can't go because they are 
discriminated for religious because they aren't open on a Sunday. You're talking. You're talking about the Sportsman and Outdoor Show at the Farm Show Absolutely. Complex in Harrisburg. Okay. Absolutely. Is that who, who, run, who runs that? Is that's not a state-run thing, is it? Mm. No, it's a private. Uh, uh, NRA used to, but I'm pretty sure they sold the contract to someone else, and I'm not sure who it is. But, you know, when they start making rules, you have certain rules that you have to go by down there. You know, you can't tear down before and so forth, and your booth must be clean and not out in the aisle and things like that. So it wasn't anything that they were doing bad. It's just that on Sundays, the religion said, you go to church. What if cover the, their booth, and everybody knew it that went to the show. But if the if the rules of the um, the event state clearly that you have to be open during the entire time of the show, I would think they'd be on solid ground in saying, no, we're not going to accept anybody who can't comply with that. Well, they didn't for 25 years. Well, yeah, but you said they changed uh, people who they were They changed running. hands, but your contract is always the same, that you have to be, you know, it, it always was that you would be there. That was never anything different. So, in other words, they always required that. They just looked the other way for 25 right. years. Okay. Yep, yep. And, well, the, you know, it's and basically it's your booth, and you're selling your product. Granted, you're there, but 99% of the public knows that the Amish Mennonites and so forth are not going to be set up on a Sunday. We all know that. We're, everybody's from the area. And if you've gone there, like a lot have, they're going to know that on Sunday they won't be there. Were there a lot of booths not open on Sunday? No. They had, uh, there was only, I think, about five at the most. Five at the most. Hmm. So it wasn't the whole, you know, it wasn't going to interfere. And the one sold, uh, I think it was footwear. I know Weaver sells archery products, both, uh, you know, the compounds and whatever. We (laughs) sold the basic recurve and longbow, but they sold, uh, you know, the high-tech stuff. So, in essence, they would have been a competition against the other high-tech people. But they, on Sunday, they said, no, we're going to just close down. And, and, you know, they had a following, and the following knew on Sunday they would not be there. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest day of attendance at the show? It was usually during the week. Now, the first day, the opening day, Saturday, is always full. Mm-hmm. But Sunday, especially Super Bowl Sunday, there's nobody there because they're all leaving for the Super Bowl. And then the following Sunday, when you tear down, it they were mostly, we called them the tire kickers because they weren't really there to buy anything. They were just seeing what you were going to give away at maybe half price or just even give it to them. <laughs> So you don't have to pack it up. Right. right. That's what they were hoping. <laughs> right. So, well, that works. You know, we that works at some it, shows. You know, Pardon? <laughs> that works at gun shows. I know that to be true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and some does. We always said if we sell it cheap, then we have to just go back and remake it anyway. So, you know, to us it didn't matter. We kept our prices the same. But, yeah, you know, so Sundays weren't a, a big, big day. And the men and, and the families, a lot of them took off during the week. I know they had a school day when the kids would come, senior day and stuff like that during the week. Like I say, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, you left early. And if we, if they would have followed the rules, we'd have all been, you know, because we covered our booth early and left to get make sure we were watching the game. Mm-hmm. They could have canned us. Everybody could have been canned if we're going to be a stickler for rules. And you're from Upper have, Dauphin County. 
I'm North Oberlin. North Oberlin, Lower North Oberlin County. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, you know. Uh, well, it's the end of an era then. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, it's too bad. It's just, it's just not fair. Well, to as them. long as they, they apply it, money. as long as they apply it to everyone, I think they're on solid ground. Unfortunately, I mean, I, it does sound unfair. But if they apply it to everybody, if they now go back and say, all right, you close down early for the Super Bowl, so next year you don't get to come in. Right. They apply that it to happens, everybody. That would, I would agree with all of it 100%, but it's, it never is that. Okay. That's the sad part. All right. Well, thanks for the call. Thanks yeah. for bringing us up to date Not on that. We something we were aware it. of, but thank you for calling. <laughs> they aren't going to tell you. They're not going to bring a lawsuit <laughs> yeah, they don't put, anybody. They don't put that in the ads. By the way, Weavers won't be there. We won't let them in because they're <laughs> Amish. <laughs> right. Thank no, you. No okay. faithful church attenders need apply. <laughs> right. Right. <All> right. <laughs> thank okay. you, Marsha. Thanks thank so you. much mm-hmm. for checking in. Yeah. Appreciate I mean, your appreciate call. Appreciate that. Well, that's uh, in- interesting to see when a contract is enforced to the letter of the contract. Difficult to to really sort of start a complaint, although you could say that you've been grandfathered in after decades. Well, yeah, but it, they changed ownership. I think the prior owners, if they had held on to it, they would have been hard-pressed to enforce that rule. If they had allowed it to lapse for 25 years, even though the contract said you had to be open on Sunday, they allowed them not to be open on Sunday, so they created their own precedent. But if they sold it or transferred it to someone else and the new owners have a different philosophy, I guess that's their right. Well, and I guess the yeah the new owners probably think that it looks worse when a when one of the vendors isn't open. Apparently, the previous vendors thought, well, you know, I mean, I know a lot of festivals have the same mindset we have at the Sunbury River Festival, and that's that anybody who pays uh, with uh, any, anybody who pays to come, and then if they want to shut down their booth at any point, that's their prerogative. You know, we don't guarantee they're the ones who are losing the money, right? They don't, we don't guarantee that every booth is going to be open every minute. You know, no. we we just want the vendors, and we want and their checks. Or, well, that too. <laughs> plus, we want more vendors. You know, we want right. more people. Well, yeah, so. you don't make it harder for people to participate. Usually, you try to make it easier for people to participate. But if they're sold out, if all the vendor space is sold out, and they say, "Well, we don't have any spaces at all whatsoever left," so now we want high quality vendors that are going to stay a hundred percent open all five days or whatever yeah. days it is. I've been to that outdoor show and. Half a century, but neither uh, have I. <laughs> have you ever been to? It? Oh yeah, I lived in Harrisburg. I was uh, born and raised there. I used to attend all the shows up there. Okay. And the radio station I worked for when I started my career did live remotes at all those shows. Okay. So Eastern Sports and Outdoor Show was the old name. I don't know that that's the current name. Oh, we did the farm show, the builder show, you know, the, this. Well, the NRA took over after one year. They said they were going to not allow any firearms at the outdoor show, <laughs> which is ridiculous. You I, know. I, the last place I shot a firearm was at the outdoor show. Oh, no kidding. They had a like display a set up in the back. You had 22s. You could fire them at targets. I don't think they'd probably do that anymore. Probably not, but they, they did have archery the tournaments, <laughs> though. And the new crossbows are just ridiculously fast, so they're almost a firearm. So do they allow, um, what do they call this thing, crossbows? I would think they'd be <laughs> permitted in the in the archery tournaments. Yeah, they probably have their own category. My understanding, I don't, I've never shot one, but I understand for people that do have them, it's easier to be more accurate with them. So Okay, well. I have a compound bow. I see. I, I have the real book kind. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our open phones. Uh, we do appreciate Marsha calling in from Dornsife to talk about the Eastern Sports and Outdoor Show or whatever its current name is, not permitting Weaver's Archery uh, in Snyder County to go to the show because they don't stay open on Sunday. Of course, she describes Sunday as pretty much of a dog day anyway because a lot of people don't go that day. 
Sunday. Particularly this Sunday. All right. So, all right, 1-800-795-9565. If you have any other, we are starting out with open phones, so that uh, made her uh, topic of conversation perfectly acceptable. Uh, all the rest of our emails and texts uh, relate to the impeachment, so we can read those. Are you ready for Tom? I'm ready for Tom. I'm right, always go, ready for Tom. Go right ahead. Tom's never ready for me, however. <laughs> Tom says this morning, the defense for this impeachment cover-up has a lot of parallels with the On the Mark show. Nothing but smoke and mirrors and straw man arguments. You're Bo- exclaiming because of his capital right, letters, right? He, when he shouts, I shout. Okay. Both will be on the yellow brick road today. We're off to see the wizard. Yesterday's fiasco reminded me of what happens to you when you look in a penny arcade mirror. The truth was distorted that bad. Let's have a real trial. People with common sense know how real trials are conducted. On another topic, I'd like to know from your experts on socialism why giving hundreds of billions of dollars in subsidies to large, profitable corporations who pay zero in federal taxes is not socialism. I'm personally challenging some of your callers. I expect well-thought-out reasons, not talking in circles, double talk or denial of well-known facts. Let's have it. Signed, Tom. P.S. If you ever wondered how regular people stood by and watched Germany descend into Nazism, now you know. Boy, that, that's a stretch, Tom. I'm sorry, that's beneath you. To call the Republicans uh, people support the president Nazis. Come on. Everybody knows they're more Mussolini follower-like. <laughs> We've established that on the show. I just said his rallies remind me of Mussolini. <laughs> well, that's, that's an apt analogy. I mean, you see the same thing. It's whipping up the crowd, but that's the facial. I'm talking more about the gestures, the facial expressions. But and that's that's any political rally. President Trump isn't the first to. No, but President Trump particularly reminds me of Mussolini. Okay, all right, thank you. <laughs> and I don't mean you know obviously Mussolini was a bad guy. He wound up paying for it. But I'm not. I'm just talking physical mannerisms and the way mm-hmm. he speaks to the audience. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me of Mussolini. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. No, I'm, I'm not happy. that I knew him that well. Uh, <laughs> no, but you're a history buff. Yeah, that I am. You know of what you speak. But Tom, I, I you know, I didn't think yesterday's program, uh, yesterday's impeachment trial was all that distorted. You know, the Democrats well, it's, it's brought Republican up Hunter Biden. Points. That's well, they view. brought up Hunter Biden, and uh, the lady who handled the case is a former Florida prosecutor, attorney general in Florida. She presented why the president and, uh, or anybody might have been concerned about Joe Biden's son Hunter, and why the president might have ask for information about that from the Ukraine. You know, and of course this morning everyone's saying the thoroughly debunked, thoroughly debunked, but it wasn't thoroughly debunked. She quoted articles from the New York Times. She had her facts laid out as to why this would be concerning. And even Democratic, she quoted Democratic sources of people who were concerned about Biden's son, uh, admittedly, and I even saw one person this morning on MSNBC, on CNN, who who said that this was a big problem. He obviously had no qualifications. He only reason he got the job was because his father was the vice president. And so if that was a Republican, I guarantee you Tom would be saying, why are they overlooking this? Why aren't they investigating this thoroughly? Well, and I think uh, these are the standard Republican talking points. I, I watched a little bit of Alan Dershowitz's remarks and then read the summaries of the rest. But it sounds like it's the usual Republican talking points. There's nothing they can do to actually uh, refute what the Democrats said, either in the House discussions or in this. They're just going to say that it's not a crime and that it's not impeachable and that the whole thing was is political, which is 100% true. Well, those are, yeah, I was going to say those are your talking points, too. <laughs> right. So I don't think you can have a, uh, 
a uh, situation where they're going to say, okay, well, so-and-so testified about this and that's false. I mean, there's, they're not going to say, well, so-and-so lied. They're just going to say the Democrats misrepresented it. And Dershowitz went on to say that he was perfectly mistaken the first time that he said you, you do need a crime in order for an impeachment. Now he says, or, or vice versa, I'm sorry, the first time he said you don't need a crime in order for there to be impeachment. And now he says, uh, now that he's a little bit more knowledgeable and wiser in uh, the Constitution and the founders, he went at great length, which I thought was fascinating, about what, how the founders put things in the Constitution. We kind of read them and say, okay, well, this is what they meant. But boy, a lot of them meant something different before they started, and then they wanted something else, and then they didn't, then they agreed to this, and that's what they stuck with. Well, the thing is, I, I think Nancy Pelosi and some other people hit it on the head when they said that impeachment should never be a partisan exercise, and that's what this is. <laughs> Who said that? Uh, Nancy Pelosi okay. and some other people Just have said that. I mean, more, more than others, but have said that this shouldn't be a partisan exercise. What is be it? bipartisan. And what is it? Well, considering no Republicans voted in the... 2019, Sunbury Motors increased their year-over-year new Hyundai sales by a whopping 70%. Customers near and far are noticing the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. 2020 Hyundai Tucsons have a discount of over $4,000. New Tucsons start at $22,863 with $25 in stock. Sunbury Motors has 12 2020 Hyundai Konas in stock starting at $22,585. Save up to $2,835 on your next new Kona. 70% increase in sales is huge. And so are the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Choose from 20 Hyundai Santa Fe's with savings up to 4571. All new Hyundais come with America's best warranty. 10 year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty. Hurry to Sunbury Motors Hyundai to see how they increase sales by 70%. Sunbury In the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Tom, thank you so much for waiting. You are now on the Mark. Go well, ahead, you know, that Pam, bon- that Pam Bondi was some kind of a attorney general or something in Florida. I forget what she was. That's what she was, the attorney general of Florida. And she got, she got fired because she got involved in this uh, Trump University case. And she did a bunch of illegal things for Donald Trump, and she got fired. And that was over that uh, Trump University case. So that's the kind of witnesses that he had. That's the kind of people he has sticking up for him. And then he has this Dershowitz, who 20 years ago in the, in the, in the uh, Clinton impeachment said, made the exact same mark, the exact opposite argument that he made yesterday. Well, he's wiser now. <laughs> yeah, that yesterday was a circus. The Bidens, the Bidens don't have anything to do with this. They're just bringing this in there just to to uh, get people that aren't too smart to believe that Trump didn't do anything. But the Bidens, the Bidens don't really have anything to do with this. The Bidens don't know what Donald Trump did or didn't do, and they never wanted to investigate Donald Trump. All Trump wanted to do was have an announcement that there was going to be that there was going to be an investigation. They never wanted an investigation. There was never an investigation started. If he wanted an investigation, he should have gone to the FBI or the CIA and they should have started an investigation, but they didn't do that. This whole thing is a, is a joke. It's for dumb people. That yesterday, what they presented yesterday was for dumb, gullible people to believe. A real trial 
has witnesses, they have documents, they have cross-examination, and they have recross. They don't have this. This is nothing but a cover-up. Incidentally, Tom, you may want to, I know you're a stickler for facts as you claim them, but you're all wrong about Attorney General Bondi. She was not thrown out of office. She was re-elected as Attorney General. She was elected and then re-elected as Attorney General. And she got into some controversy over fundraising activities, not over anything else. It has to do, it had to do, yeah, they, are not, they were talking about it on TV this morning. It had to do with Donald Trump's uh, Trump University. That was the reason she got thrown out. Well, she wasn't it thrown had out. It to do with Trump University. You got. You better. I mean, I think these people on TV know more than you do. <laughs> well, I'm I'm reading this off of uh, Wikipedia, so they they might be wrong. Well, I doubt. But I'm I mean, it's, what, it was it was. There's nothing here was about her being fired, and it had it was something related to. It could have been fundraising for Trump. I don't know. Well, it doesn't say here that she was thrown out of office, so I was looking to see if that was here. I think it it makes it sound like she finished her term, but she had some criticism, which isn't entirely unusual. No, she was taken out of office. Okay, well, it doesn't say... She's a Trump loyalist. Well, you know, so you have a problem with uh, Trump loyalists being on there, but what about Democratic loyalists? What about Schiff and Pelosi and those people? Aren't they just the same but on the other side of the fence? I don't think so, no. They don't like Trump. (laughs) Well, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, aren't they partisan Democratic politicians, just like the Republicans have partisan politicians? Isn't this all just a political witch hunt? No, it's not a political witch hunt. The guy did something that he needs to be impeached for. We was impeached. I don't think he should be convicted. He should be. Yes, he should be. Because if he'll just do it again, he's that kind of guy is. And you're basing that on what? Well, on his background. On, on his background, he's been a crook his whole life. If you haven't noticed that. Well, I haven't hmm. seen him in jail. I haven't seen him charged. No, I haven't he beats seen him. the rap every oh, time. No. You know. Yeah. Well, he does. He does the same thing with this here. When people try to sue him, he just goes from one lawyer to the other to the other, to the other, to the other. Now on this here, he just goes from one from one court to the other. Well, if this judge says no, we'll just go to this court. And if this court says no, we'll just go to this court. So and what? if this judge says no, we'll just go to this court. Well, that's, that's your you right. you would never have a trial. You would never have an impeachment with a guy like that. Well, that's what about... That's not what the Constitution is for. But, Tom, how do you justify the fact that the Democrats didn't call all these witnesses? They even backed off on witnesses. And because, di- they, because he blocked them all. He didn't block them. You're missing the point. Look at what happened to uh, Bolton's undersecretary. They went after him. They filed a petition to get him to go to court and get him to testify. When he hired an attorney and said he wanted to protest that, they dropped it. They walked Walked away. They didn't pursue it. Why didn't they? they, they because they figured it was going to take year, a year or longer to get, it, get him in Okay. There. Now, they're asking the Republicans to do the same thing in the Senate. It'll take the same amount of time. You don't think the people would file for, uh, you know, relief in the courts if they were compelled to testify now? Come on. Be I realistic. Don't, I don't know. Oh, you know, know darn well they would. Tr- you, know, you know, Joe, that this is not a trial. It is a trial. You, it no, is exactly it a trial. Is? Yes, it's a trial. Is this the kind of trial? Is this the kind of trial that you would like to have? It's not a criminal proceeding, but it's a trial. The Constitution. Let's just say, let's just say, let's just say your cops over in Shemokin Dam 
are stopping people and writing tickets and giving them and telling them to appear in court and or t- they don't pay their fine and they go to court and uh, the judge says, no, we're not going to hear from you, officer. We're not going to see any of your documents and we're not going to hear anything from you. How would you like that? Well, well it's not a, a good analogy because they're spelled out. Uh, criminal proceedings are spelled analogy. out. They're no. not having a trial. It's not a trial. Then, it's not a trial. Then why does the Constitution say the Senate shall have the sole right to conduct the trial? Well, Joe would love this kind of trial. <laughs> this would be perfect. It, it, that's what it says. It says they have a right to, to conduct a trial, but this isn't a trial. A trial has witnesses. The trial is up to it the Senate to determine. It has, it has cross-examination. And it has recross. Just as, this is not a trial. Just as the House could make up its own rules, so can the Senate. The trial is what the Senate says it is. Joe would love this the kind trial, of trial. The House had the House. Joe would love this kind of trial where acquittal is guaranteed. That's the kind of trial to have. If you have to have a trial, please have one where the outcome is already known. All right, we'll give you the last word, Tom. Yeah, Go I'm right gonna, ahead. Go ahead. Well, I just say this this whole thing is ridiculous, and Joe, Joe's put, Joe and his people are going to put up another straw man argument again I know it's what it is and then they'll have acquittal and then we'll move on thank you so much for the yeah. emails and the calls Tom yeah, very thanks, much Tom. appreciate even it. though we disagree thanks for uh, calling well you, but I mean Tom, Tom you're being unreasonable now come on you know for a fact that if if I were compelled to testify the house subpoenaed me mm-hmm. and I went to my attorney and said I don't want to honor the subpoena can you get me out of it and they and then the house backs off then we go to the senate and the same thing happens you don't think i'd make the same request come on i absolutely would come on you would it would tie it up tom one of our listeners text tom 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 open your eyes and ears and learn about the corruption of your dear democrats another person says on the other side of the aisle apparently president trump is guilty as charged so there we have it we'll be back with more after the news this is news radio 1070 wkok sunbury News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer, uh, taking better care of us he could not do. We very much appreciate his help and hard work and making things happen, so we thank Rob Center. On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check him out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line now wide open, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. That's 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. Some brief news headlines. There's word today that a woman injured in a Sunday morning crash in Shemokin has died. 66-year-old Sharon Adams of Shemokin died at Geisinger, according to a nursing supervisor today. She's the woman hurt in a Sunday morning crash at Mulberry Market Streets in Shemokin. Big renovations needed and are coming to the Sunbury Youth and Community Center's swimming pool, Sunbury Mayor Kirk Karlovich says the last major pool renovation was in 1999 and the pool needs a lot of work. The project's going to include cutting out existing seams with a margin of several inches of concrete on either side, pouring new concrete. The project's also going to entail removing loose crumbling plaster, followed by resurfacing where needed. 
He says they hope to get uh, grants and donations to cover the nearly $200,000 cost. Annual meeting of the Central Pennsylvania Chamber of Commerce coming up in February. That means they'll be giving out their impact awards. They single out individuals who have made a big difference in the Valley. It's such a great category of folks that have won. And when they do win, of course, that day is a big celebration in their honor. But it continues throughout the next two years then. So it's quite an award that really gives you a long-lasting impression. You are invited to the annual meeting that is uh, coming up next month. We have all the details at WDKOK.com. The State Department has denied a national public radio reporter a seat aboard Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's plane for an upcoming trip to Europe and Central Asia, a decision that comes a few days after Pompeo lashed out at another NPR reporter. NPR's correspondent Michelle Kellerman wasn't given a reason for being barred from the plane. The State Department declined to comment. The State Department's Correspondents Association says the decision to deny Kellerman a seat on Pompeo's plane led it to conclude that the State Department is simply retaliating against NPR. The group asked the agency to reconsider and allow Kellerman to join Pompeo. In an interview Friday, Pompeo responded testily when NPR reporter Mary Louise Kelly asked him about Ukraine and whether he defended or should have defended Marie Yanovich, Yanovich, the former U.S. ambassador in Kiev. Kelly said, after the interview, she was taken to Pompeo's private living room where he shouted at her and cursed at her repeatedly for tricking him into asking questions about the Ukraine. He says the interview was off the record, but she didn't <laughs> right. keep it off the record. And she has two recorders with her and four microphones. <laughs> yeah, that's, the that's pretty off the record. You don't get any more off the record than having a sophisticated electronic taping device with you in plain sight. And for decades, the Mountville High School athletic teams in Connecticut competed as the Indians with the blessings of the nearby Mohicans, the Native American tribe that traces its local history back centuries and today operates one of the world's biggest casinos. But last week, the Mohican tribe announced it no longer supports the use of Indian-related team names. The reversal has unsettled many in the Connecticut town, which has been immune to controversy stirred by Native American mascots elsewhere because of its close ties to the federally recognized tribe. The tribe and the school system have communicated over years to ensure the name honors American Indians and is not used in a derogatory way. The Mayor Ronald McDaniel said that the school system will now follow up with the tribe, but the name has never been a source of friction until now. Maybe they adopted a tomahawk chalk or something. Well, should they be called Native Americans instead of Indians, like the Naperville Native Americans, or would that even be unacceptable? I don't know. Are Mohicans Indians? Or they're Native yes, Americans. They're Native Americans. They but are Indians. Where do they, what, what is an Indian? What does that name actually describe? Well, it describes the fact that where Christopher Columbus thought he was. He thought he was an <laughs> Indian, and he was in the U.S., and he saw Native Americans. And called him Indians. Or what would soon become the U.S., or what right. would eventually become the U.S. Actually, like he it. didn't land in the United States probably. No, he landed in... In, uh, in the uh, island south of us. Uh, commonly known as the... The islands are called Santo Domingo, Santo this, Santo that. And they are the blank islands. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry. Isn't that funny? And I and He didn't land here. That's all. Yeah, I that much is clear. <laughs> it's not like it came ashore in New Jersey. 
<laughs> right, and there was a mall a mall cop to greet him. And a couple Indians were there saying, "How, white man? How you doing?" But that's not you know that's using what stereotypes. I, mean, I can understand if the Indians, if they were disrespect disrespecting the tribe, but it sounds like they had a long and close relationship with the Native American tribes. Well, in the, in the Mo- Mohicans are uh, people who derive from the Mohican tribe are in the town and in the school district. I thought they were They're, all gone. There was that book, The Last of the, the Mohicans. Last of the, I guess there's one left, and he had kids, and there you go. 1-800-795-9565. He started a casino. He did. 1-800-795-9565. That's why he was so happy to land in New Jersey, <laughs> the land of many casinos. Uh, let's see. Boy, we got a lot of emails and well, texts. Well, we do. And one of, the, one of our texters says, And according to Tom, we are the dummies. Anyone who wants to hear the defense. Isn't that so even-handed? Wow. And then uh, one of our other texters says, Trump called Bolton a liar about the hold of Ukraine military aid. Really, let's get Trump to testify that against him. Then he is 100% impeached. Oh, do I wish this would happen today. And another one says, starts down lower. Says, Tom's TDS is on full display today. Tom, you say you want a real trial. You re- already have, are you ready to have the fake whistleblower on the witness stand? How about we put Shifty Shift on the stand to get to the bottom of the lies that he started, that started this farce? Tom, if the Democrats didn't have all their ducks in a row before stepping that very well, or stepping into the Senate chamber, that's on them, and it's not the defense's job to help them. The defense's job is to expose the Democrats lies, and they're doing that very well. Oh, super. Good job. Yeah, of course, we we're Our text machine having to put is, these is together. A, is a jumble, <laughs> but Joe did fabulously all good right. for you. Well, we got yeah, them all in. Yeah, well, yeah, now there's another layer below. As okay. soon as you delete that, there's another eight right well, below. Well, we'll get it. to the other ones below that, and the other ones say... Do, 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 do. Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, good morning. <laughs> that much is clear. <laughs> That's much we can see that much for sure. <laughs> Our text machine is uh, computer based, right? And it it doesn't. Uh, doesn't they come in. Up. They come in in one hundred and sixty letter bytes. And if somebody types more than that, the computer breaks them down puts and them puts them on in separate messages. They aren't always consecutive, so we have to kind of read around to see to how they assemble. Fortunately, we do get the name of the sender, which lets us at least know that they're the same text, and it makes it a little easier. In the house. Says, good morning, Hunter Biden didn't work in the White House. In 2019, all of Trump's children made billions while working in the White House. That's a standalone. That doesn't have any attachments. Right. And and I, I don't think that's true. They didn't make billions while working in the White House. Oh, I'm sure they have. Oh, come on. Come on. I don't think the Obama administration separated the children from their children. Huh? Oh, this was about yesterday yeah, at the, at the Mexican border. Right. Trump did it as punishment. America loses over not allowing smart people in our country. China, Canada, and the rest of the world will be technologically ahead of the USA. And the bottom three are together. You start at the bottom. Yes, I see that. Really, Mark, it's the Democrats' job to find some crime done by Trump to impeach him for. What crime were they looking for back in April of 2016 before Trump even got to the nomination, let alone getting elected? These leftist Democrats have been talking impeachment for a long time. Than, than, than. It's not the accused's job to prove his innocence. It's the prosecution's job. Why are you trying to turn the legal system upside down? 
All right. And yesterday, one of our good listeners uh, emailed in and suggests that we have more women on the show so we can talk about uh, creating beauty tips, cooking, and child-rearing information. Culinary, thank you. Culinary, right. Yeah, culinary skills (laughs) and child-rearing information for women so that there's something appealing here for women. Uh, Of course, one of the many people offended was my lovely bride who (laughs) spends all night glued to CNN and Fox and all those. But anyway, to that end, one listener sent... uh, woman sends this email. She said, these women topics are sexism in the flesh. Please, women are interested in politics from a woman. All right. Thank you for that. And and, then this woman has written before to us many times, very intelligent woman. Don't always agree with her (laughs) position, but she's obviously... You know she's intelligent. And speaking of women emailers, here's another one. This is from a woman. We won't give you her name. Trump's counsel is doing a good job. They're delivering what the law says. If you are judged by the law, there's no mercy or grace or man's interpretation in the law for either side. It's just the law is written. We just don't want to adhere to the law. And most of these people in Congress are lawyers. One side keeps telling us we're destroying our law system. Seems they're on the right track. Let the law stand alone. Read it as it's written and weep for either side. All okay. right. And Cindy, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Oops, i got to push the button, I guess, don't I? Go that ahead. works better, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Oh, gracious. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Listen, are you telling me, I'm listening to that one news story you read, that the federal government gives rides to a specific business sector when the federal government travels at my expense? Yes. That's what you're telling me? Uh, the, the reporters are supposed to compensate for it. You know, whatever the price they of a They pay co- the government for the cost of the ticket? They're supposed to, and then they they all stick together in the interest of ease. But uh, they are supposed to pay for their trips, just like the the press plane, the the media is supposed to pay for those rides. I sure hope so. I, I've never heard of them paying. I'd like to know that they pay pay first class. Do they get screened like I get screened, you know, with the body search and everything to get on the plane? No, they all go on together on a bus and, oh, you know, fr- from from the State Department or wherever they're uh-huh. starting. They go, they go through closed gates, you know, with Pompeo or whoever ah, is going. Or made treatment then. Uh, yes. Or they probably Expedited. don't even need this and took a driver's license. No waiting. The and there's no waiting. And when you're at the airport and you have an inexplicable 45-minute delay while another plane saunters off the tarmac and in front of you and takes off, that's Pompeo well, and the, the press the, taking the, off ahead of you. Two of you hold it up for a minute. We benefit as citizens of this country from having the media. Now, it's not everybody. They can't all go along. It's a pool. They have selected representatives who represent the entire news media. Their job after they cover the event is to make sure all the other news media learn what happened. And that's our benefit. If we didn't have that, cool we coverage. wouldn't have this reporting. We wouldn't know that what's going on. That might be true 100 years ago, Joe, but I don't believe that's true today. And I believe those businesses should be paying the cost. I sure hope so. They should be paying for that, the cost of that ride, reimbursing the people of the United States of America for a fair share cost of the ride on any of those flights. Because this is a business, and these are billion-dollar businesses. Don't tell me CBS, NBC, ABC can't afford Washington Post, New York Times at all, NPR. Hello, can't afford to pay for a ticket to fly these people out. I'm sure this represents an enormous convenience to them. And I'm sure that this behavior began because they, the government officials wanted the press to cover their events and wanted a positive 
uh, outlook on it, and so they gave them a ride to take them along to be sure that they got their perspective in the paper. But I don't think I should be paying for that, whether the propaganda is promulgated by the government itself or by news agencies that are getting freebies like rides on airplanes. Yeah, they want favorable coverage, and when you don't provide it, uh, you lose your seat on the breastplate, and that's what happened. Well, I, uh, I don't think we should be giving them a ride. I think they ought to pay for their own rides. There's lots of airplanes that fly wherever he's going, any of these government officials. Why should I be assuming any of that cost? Okay, you're not. The White House Correspondents Association manages a rotation of news organizations that travel at their own cost, and it is explicitly understood that the poolers must share all the material they gather without keeping anything they've seen or heard for an exclusive story. I still think they should be getting on their own plane, flying their own <laughs> Right, and it's still awfully convenient, and there's less screening, and I'm sure there, it, it makes it much easier than you and I trying to get a plane, and, and you know, plus they do go ahead of other people on the tarmac. Well, so if they arrive right. later than the event, what good well, is go, them going you know, at all? That's their problem. We've all had that experience <laughs> yeah. of having a room at Disney World and not getting there, bef- you know, and missing out on it. We've all had those aggravations. Why should they enjoy some privilege about that joke? Then they should plan ahead. They yeah, should travel get two days the day ahead before. to be sure that they're there, just like those of us going to weddings or bar mitzvahs or whatever. Well, the, the two of you we would be ahead. the two of you would be saying the government is keeping information from us if there were no poor no, reporters. No, the government <laughs> not has nothing to do with it. It's a if the news media, which is a billion dollar, multi billion dollar industry, wants its people to be somewhere to cover something, then they should send them at their cost and at their convenience, not using tax. Okay, but they, the seats are empty on the plane. They're not taking somebody's seat. Those are seats well, that are empty on the plane, and they are allowed to fill this, them. Joe, as, as a greenie kind of a person, if you weren't hauling 100 newspaper, news people around, would you need such a big plane? Right. Well, plus, uh, uh, the plane will be it's 100 not pounds. 100. It may be five or six reporters that are in the pool. No, it isn't, Joe. I've seen the backs of these things, and it looks like you're, no, they're riding on an airplane like when I do. It's there, like there at least 40 people back there. There, I would I say agree. forty I to fifty, agree. and each one weighs two hundred pounds. So without all that weight, the plane would be more efficient. So they're about so half of them are women. So you think they're all heavy women? Oh, that's for true. Them they're to only hundred. Fussing about um, global warming, and yet they're riding around on these big heavy jets, getting these you know rides around the world to make a report. Please, it's just ridiculous. Right, and I honestly a, think if you're recovering the Olympics, do, do we, the taxpayers, give you a ride to the Olympics? <laughs> And no, no, you have there to get there go. on your and own. And yet they get covered anyway. Ask Kevin. He's Somehow, some way. Well, and I am surprised that the nation's most, uh, 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 you know, objective and upstanding journalistic endeavors agree to participate in pool coverage or to, to ride with press pools. You think the Washington Post and New York Times would say, well, we have, we'll get our own plane. We don't want to ride with the president. But every so often the president briefs people on these planes, so they want to be there for that. So they should just, if they have to send some for that, to send an intern so that they can get the president's you know little remarks. Although I don't think Trump does that. He doesn't seem like that's something he does. Where he goes out, you know, leaves the front of the Air Force One and goes to where the reporters are gathered in the back. I'm surprised he puts up with them. You'd think the plane Me would too. would lean left <laughs> because of all the reporters in the back. I just so. wouldn't. I wouldn't want them. If you had a crisis and now you've got these bozos on the back of the plane, all of whom are anxious to eat you alive, is this pretty clear. Right. Why would you want to facilitate that? How ride. do you control information? How since, do you, when since, you have 
you know, these the people pool. whose live missions are to defeat every effort you have mm-hmm. to deal with this thing since you know, the, under the... Since the pool was established during the Eisenhower administration, it's allowed the president to react quickly to events while traveling. In other words, oftentimes he has information he wants to get out, and these pool reporters are the ones who are closest and enable him to do it. And on President <laughs> Trump's trip to Paris the last time, Maggie Halberman, a White House correspondent for the Times, acted as the press pooler, sending 20 emails to the rest of the print news media over the course of the day and a half she spent with the president. So they actually do work there. They inform all the other correspondents so that we don't have to stand the expense of having a press event where everybody stands there and wastes time listening to the same questions and answers over and over again. I, I, you know what, Joe? <laughs> really, nice try, thank Joe. Thank you for that. I loved your little thank you. cheer there. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, the... Uh, Mark. You know what? This is the digital age, and this is another thing we need to rethink. President Trump has demonstrated that he can bypass, he's done a handsome job of it, frankly, bypassing the press, much to their unhappiness. I think that's part of why they uh, eat at him so much, is because he's making them irrelevant in terms of the president communicating with the people. You know, Teddy Roosevelt used to go right to the people, never mind with all of this carrying on with the press and sucking up to these people who then turn around and... Yeah, and I think they should ride there. For the, it just doesn't look good to me that they're uh, exploiting government resources. It doesn't look good. They should get on a plane. The, so the people who are covering, like, Afghanistan or our earthquake or whatever, do we bust them out there, too? Uh, we embed them with the military. Right, yeah, they can get it right. But I'll bet they probably pay for that, too. They do. To, they pay. If they're ride. using government see, resources, that's different. they pay for it. You're, you're covering... Uh, one of the nation's uh, sort of the, the tip of the spear kind of thing, and the report, the reportage that you get from that is really quite. And the same with the president, ripping. and the same with the secretary of state. And helpful today, the president is going to unveil his new peace plan for the Middle East, and he's going to have um, perhaps to go to the Middle East to work on it. Should he not have people with him who will cover the event fairly and honestly? Well, if they're I capable, I think that the of, press should be free to get on any airplane. Is there? still British Air or Kiwanis, whomever <laughs> they want, Pan Am yeah. is gone, right? Get on that airplane and fly wherever they want to cover it, and I'm sure they would be highly motivated to do it. What they should not do is sit on Air Force One or whatever it is that Pompeo's taking, because he can't be plane. Air Force yeah. One or Air Force Two. They should fly independent of those people. It doesn't pass the stink test that they're on their way. <laughs> well put. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for calling in. 1-800-795-956. Six five hour open line. We will be right back. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. And wow, did you want to have a fun day in 2019? Sunbury Motors increased their year-over-year new Hyundai sales by a whopping 70%. Customers near and far are noticing the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. 2020 Hyundai Tucson's have a discount of over $4,000. New Tucson start at $22,863 with $25 in stock. Sunbury Motors has 12 2020 Hyundai Kona's in stock starting at $22,585. Save up to $28,35 on your next new Kona. 70% increase in sales is huge, and so are the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Choose from 20 Hyundai Santa Fe's with savings up to $45,71. All new Hyundais come with America's best warranty 10 year, 100,000 mile powertrain warranty. Hurry to Sunbury Motors Hyundai to see how they increase sales by 70%. Sunbury Motors. 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. 
Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. I'm going to be an open phone very shortly here. Uh, we are going to... We actually have two, two things that are absolutely disgraceful examples of how the media treats anybody who disagrees with them with respect to President Trump. The first one is from Joe Scarborough on his program this morning, where he literally mocks everything the Republicans presented yesterday. And there's no pretense at fairness. The second one is a panel that Don Lemon presided over on CNN, where they refer to the people who support the president in rather unfortunate terms. Um, okay, we'll hold that thought. Right. First one is Joe Scarborough, and this is from MSNBC, the Morning Joe show. This is just their morning chit-chat right. show and news and so on. All right, and who's he talking to? You're going to hear He's the voice. He's talking to Mika Brzezinski and his panel, Willie Geist and some other reporters. Okay, here we go. Uh, yeah, sort of a team of, I don't know what, Joe. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> he had a confederacy of dunces defending him in impeachment. Their arguments were absolutely stunning. Let's start with the argument that Rudy, I have a quote here, Mr. Giuliani is just a minor player. He That shiny object designed to distract you. Of course, uh, Earth to Trump legal team, Donald Trump said in that not so perfect, not so transcript. The quote is, Mr. Giuliani is a highly respected man, Donald Trump said to the president of Ukraine. He was the mayor of New York City, a great mayor, and I would like you to call him. It was Giuliani, this minor player that they talked about, that ran the drug deal. He ran what John Bolton called the drug deal. It's just unbelievable. And Willie, where do we begin with Ken Starr? If irony weren't already dead and buried years ago, it was Ken Starr yesterday talking about how how abuse of power is not sufficient to impeach a president. You need a crime. He literally dragged the corpse of irony out of the grave. <laughs> he meticulously tied the corpse's neck oh bone God, to the back of a tractor. And he it's ran not. that tractor throughout the graveyard of stupidity and ran over every headstone before once again kicking dirt on wow. the corpse of irony again wow. and putting its oh. bones back in the grave wow. one by one by one. Good How morning, does Ken Starr say with a straight face? Because I was there when he said the capstone of impeachment for Bill Clinton is abuse of power. And then yesterday, oh, he's so sad and mournful. This is so terrible. How could, like, we're starting to have. A culture of impeachment, abuse of power. That's not enough. Oh wait, I said it was the capstone. You are, <laughs> you book. are a Ken star. You are a flashing billboard, a gaudily printed like sandwich board sign going down Times Square saying we're all dunces, we're all hypocrites, we are all making fools. 
of ourselves. And Willie Geist, I haven't even gotten to Pam Bondi. Uh, I haven't even gotten to Pam Bondi. Pam Bondi argument. No, no, no. Is there a tissue? Can I I get some help up here? Can I have a witness? Pam Bondi. Oh, Oh, my Lord. Preach. I'm getting flummoxed. Can I get some help up here? I think he needs some help up here. Oh, my God. The Pam Bondi. You ready? Okay. Okay. That's pretty much it. It goes on to, I mean, just mocking and making fun and laughing. They're all sitting there laughing hysterically. Hardly any pretense at having a serious discussion about the evidence. You know, so what do we do? Well, we laugh about the anything that supports the president, and we make fun of the people who support the president, a confederacy of dunces. And then you add Don Lemon's CNN panel. Does that bother you that people are making fun of the president's lawyers? Well, you know, it's... it's if it were the other side, they, they would be saying, how can you make fun of Nancy Pelosi? How can you make fun of So you've Adam discovered Schiff? partisan humor and it irritates you? Well, it's not just that. In other words, that, that's the problem with the media today. Instead of having an intelligent discussion about the issues, we mock the people. They make fun of President Trump mocking people. What are they doing? They're mocking the attorneys that are presenting the president's defense in this serious event that they all talk about. This is the fate of the republic. This is serious business. Does that sound like serious business to you? And then Don Lemon's panel, uh, this one really got me. Uh, The panel, which originally aired on Saturday night during the special live coverage of the impeachment trial, featured CNN's Don Lemon, New York Times columnist and CNN contributor Wajahat Ali, and ex-GOP strategist Rick Wilson uh, discussing the heated exchange between Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and an NPR reporter. Wilson used the topic to mock President Trump as well as his supporters. He said, Pompeo knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if he had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane next to it, Wilson began, causing Lemon to chuckle. He knows that this is, you know, an administration defined by ignorance of the world. And so that's partly him playing to the base and playing to the audience. You know, the credulous boomer Rube demo that backs Donald Trump. The credulous Rube Boomer Rube demo that backs Donald Trump. As Lemon began crying with tears of laughter, Wilson went on to depict what he thought of a typical Trump supporter sounded like. Donald Trump's a smart one, and he all elitists are dumb. You enlist with your geography and your maps and your spelling, your math and your reading, all those lines on the map. And the CNN anchor almost lost his breath from laughing. That's what's wrong with this country today. <laughs> what that MSNBC is making, or that CNN's CNN. making fun of CNN's panels, making MSNBC. fun of the president. I haven't heard anybody laughing on Fox News about the. You know, I've heard them discussing. Oh, the There's such a presented. standard of good behavior. They are You're in funny. this instance. They are in this instance. Okay, that's fine, honey. It is humor. Haven't you ever heard of humor? They're making fun of. Uh, These aren't comedy politics. shows of what Trevor Trevor what's his name does on the Late Show, and what James Croydon does. Boy, are you a Curmudgeon. This is uh, I, I understand. get off my lawn. These right, <laughs> thank you. These are news shows, but they bring on humorous commentators and they say humorous things. Honestly, uh, if and if the tables were turned, you'd be happy. You'd be like, oh my gosh, well, they're making the fun of president. You're the guy who's always saying we need to be respectful. We need to mock people, treat everybody <laughs> with respect. So were you thrown out, out out the window because the president's involved? I, I no, I agree with you that the president brings this on himself because of his ha- behavior. That's 
that's your quote. And the attorneys I, uh, didn't bring it on themselves. Well, they're part of his team. They, they're they're <laughs> so part anyone and parcel. Who, anyone who supports the president is a boomer rube, in your opinion, too? I'm not familiar with that term. I know what boomers generally means. I'm a not credulous s- boomer rube, hmm. or are we part of the conspiracy of dunces? Or confederacy I, I like your of dunces. view that his followers are Mussolini-like. That's a, or Mussolini followers. No, no, no. no. I That's didn't a little say bit that. Better. I said his, the president reminds me of Mussolini when he speaks. When he's at the rallies, right? So, All right, well, we have... Uh, I'm sorry that you're so upset about uh, humor. I think all this stuff's pretty funny. Now we'll take your calls. Give us a buzz. 1-800-795-9565. We're talking about humor, uh, making fun of the president's team. Well, which, we're talking about the media being in the tank for the impeachment. Right, and riding on the president's plane or Mike or uh, Secretary of State Pompeo's plane or whoever it is, and then uh, subsequently doing biased reports. Uh, we have some texts that are coming in, so we can look at those. We've got a call coming in. Give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565, but do not bring humor to the program. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, we thank our callers for standing by. We don't have any emails pending, so you can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com. We do have some texts. You want to start at the top and work down? Yes, uh, I guess Joe never got caught up with a LOL. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't like to laugh. <laughs> how many lawyers can I have at a trial in Snyder County? I don't know. How many do you want? As many as you want. Then um, one of the people says that was funny. I guess that's assuming this Scar- calling the, Joe Scarborough calling please. the president's support. Uh, rubes, that's funny, huh? Okay. <laughs> no, he's talking about the Joe Scarborough piece. Well, we don't know from what he put. No, that's there. when it came in, was it when that was airing. Okay. And then, why did Trump make Florida his place of residence? Because you don't need to file state income. Wake up, Americans. He's hiding his lies about releasing his tax returns. All right. Dan, thank you for waiting. You are on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. I remember back when Trump was first elected, I said... People on the left were going to get so beside themselves they'd start to lose their marbles. Well, I believe it's starting to begin the way they carry on about Trump and the deplorables that voted for Trump. And you can start to see they're going completely off their rockers on this just because we voted for President Trump. And anyway, the main reason I was calling was to answer Tom. Yes, we love Trump, but we're on bias. The main defense person I wanted to hear was the most liberal. A guy who did not vote for Trump, doesn't really like Trump, and he believes he believes in man-made global warming is Alan Dershowitz. But what he presented last night was if you impeach Trump, you could have impeached George Washington, almost every president up through to today, even President Obama, could have been impeached on these charges that they're bringing against Trump. So that's the reason... I don't consider myself heavily biased just because I happen to like Trump's agenda. I agree with not everything, but quite a bit of it. Well, you don't and like the bullying and the, and the insulting and the, no, the affairs not, and who and knows, no, countless other I don't, issues. There's a couple other things I yeah. disagree with, but his basic agenda 
is to bring our country back from the swamp and to have a strong military to get our economy moving. Them are the things I agree with. But I thought it was interesting with Alan Dershowitz's test with, uh, defense of Trump that he said there's nothing impeachable, even with Bolton's testimony, whatever he has to say, it still's not impeachable. So that I just wanted to inform Tom that we're not all as uh, we might not be the high, most intelligent, but we we can hear both sides of the issue and make our decision on that. All right, we got well, you. Well, according to Don Lemon, you're a credulous boomer rube. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. He's credulous. I don't know. That might be a compliment. And we're not sure. So, <laughs> we once were deplorables. Now we're credulous boomer rubes. And we're also Bible-carrying gun-toters. Or confederacy of uh, dunces, as Joe yeah. Scarborough calls us. So they're getting all their names out for us. <laughs> yep, and you know, it, it goes to show when you have nothing positive to say, you start name-calling. We don't have to, I don't have to call names on this program. All I have to do is present the great things Trump's doing. Just like today, he's meeting with Benjamin Netanyahu on getting peace between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Yeah. That's never talked about. Well, we'll see what he comes up with. Hey, Dan, we got two other callers, yeah. so we got to right. move along. Good Take care. talking with you guys. Take you care. have a great, great program again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mike from Bloomsburg, you're on the mark this morning. Hey, good morning. I'm a proud Bloomer Rube calling in today. <laughs> but are you credulous? I, <laughs> no, I can't pronounce that word. Uh, hey, I wanted to uh, just kind of put news... Uh, in my you know perspective of how I see things over my lifetime, see, I I started elementary school in 1960, and back then everybody was worried about a nuclear war. Okay, and uh, I'm sure you guys are probably old enough to remember the drills. You know that some people say they went under their desks in their room. Well, in my particular school, we were on a hill. So none of the basement was completely submerged, okay? There was all, always exposed doors or, or windows. And the principal, he would run the drills, and we would go down in the hallway in the basement, okay? And the way it worked out, there were windows at the top of the wall in this hallway. The girls got to line up with their backs against the wall with the windows overhead of them. And then the boys, we had to go on the other side line up against the wall, and we're facing the open window. So what? right away, yes, right away we learned that the girls were more important to be protected than the boys. But there's more to this lesson. When the students were put down in the basement, there was a central area that was, I, I would say it was reinforced because it's where it houses the boiler room. There was no windows that had pipes, and it, and I'm not kidding when I say this. The, the certain kids were hand-picked to go in there, but not everybody could go in there, so we didn't all get to go in the most protected area. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to make a, a guess about who my principal was that ran this school. 
I'm going to say that he grew up in a one-room schoolhouse, and he grew up on a farm where your survival depended on what you could do, how you could feed yourself, and how you could reproduce. So that principle, he was interested in one thing, making sure there were people that survived a nuclear war and they were smart enough to carry on. So, I, 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 hey, I don't mind being put out there in the hall facing the window because, let's face it, I can't produce anything without a woman. We need, uh, we need women to reproduce. So that's my point. We had a, a nuclear war threat when we were kids, and, and, and we were trained how to try to survive it. Now, kids are being exposed to the idea that there's going to be a, a, a war on this earth caused by global warming. And, 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 and the schools are trying to teach us how to uh, survive it. But the most thing that drives me the craziest is we're not going to be able to get rid of coal and oil and all that stuff unless we have some form to, to replace it. And wind and solar doesn't cut it, but that's what everybody's pushing. They want to tear down the dams that we already have that don't produce any greenhouse gas. And the leftists in the United States have essentially killed the one thing that can produce lots of energy without any greenhouse gases, and we both know that's nuclear, or all, all of us know that's nuclear power. So I'm saying that paying attention to the news and paying attention to the elitist probably isn't the most way to, to get the best information. Dupes like me have to look at everything, and dupes like some of your callers are, we have, it's our responsibility to look at the entire big picture and get out as many facts and ideas that we can okay. on radio stations like this. Gotcha. Okay, Mike. All right. Good well, thank idea. you so Thanks much, Mike. Calling. Yeah, sound, sound advice. Al, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. But, yes, and I remember those days, too, down at the McClay School. And I remember what my dad told us about the, the <laughs> nuclear drills was you get in a corner, bend over as far as you can, and kiss your butt goodbye. <laughs> Uh, but that's what my dad liked to tease a lot. Anyways, Alan Dershowitz was saying what I said when I called in yesterday, that uh, what Trump was doing was basically his job. But he didn't give him a medal for it, but I, I decided to give him a medal for doing his job yesterday. Who 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 deserves a medal? Dershowitz? No, uh, well, yeah, for telling the truth, and Trump for doing his job. He deserves yeah, like, a medal. When, when did he tell the truth? <laughs> do, do you say most of what the president says is true, or, or just a little of it, or some of it, or of course it would? It was, I think it, most of what he says most, is true, okay. and you know the truth hurts. That's why things are, you know. That would be interesting to see. That. Of all the things he says, how much is true? We know that, of course, he lies a bazillion times a day, but he also says some true things multiple times a day. So it would be interesting to see what the percentage is. Well, I think he tells the truth more than he uh, tells you, th- you think it's over? I, yeah, and that's some probably of, some true. Some of the lies are just wishful thinking. Right, and that's true. It's the way he wants them to be. another thing he never did was he never put down the Democrat voters themselves. He puts down the leadership. He puts down the people that come after him. But he never called the Democrats like a 
basket of deplorables mm -hmm. or Bible beaters or anything like that. He never really picked on they're the voters that I credulous rubes or they're yeah. clinging to their guns and <laughs> guns and Bibles. That or was Mr. Obama uh, who said that. Right, I'm aware. Thank you. And he was he was in Western Pennsylvania, or was that what he was talking about? Was yeah. Pennsylvania? All right. Thank you so much, Al. Good point. Did you want to say something about Alan Dershowitz? That's the subject line of your call, actually. Well, Alan Dershowitz uh, said the, basically the same thing I did yesterday. You can't acquit him for doing his job. Gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. We got you. Thank you so much. Yep. Appreciate mm, the bye. call. Let's take a quickie break. We got a caller standing by. Got an email and a couple of two, three texts. We shall return. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. And wow, did you want to have a fun day in 2019? Sunbury Motors increased their year-over-year -year new Hyundai sales by a whopping 70%. Customers near and far are noticing the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. 2020 Hyundai Tucsons have a discount of over $4,000. New Tucsons start at $22,863 with $25 in stock. Sunbury Motors has 12 2020 Hyundai Kona's stock starting at 22585 Save up to 2835 on your next new Kona. 70% increase in sales is huge. And so are the savings at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Choose from 20 Hyundai Santa Fe's with savings up to 4571 All new Hyundais come with America's best warranty. 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hurry to Sunbury Motors Hyundai to see how they increase sales by 70%. Fourth Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Welcome back, WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We got a caller standing by. We got an emailer standing by. We got texts galore. But I want to tell you something very, very important, and that's that there are some people who would like to make your acquaintance, Joe. Uh, Ernie, uh, down at the uh, Kia dealership owned by the Sunbury Motor Company on Routes 11 and 15 at Runyon Road, if you're going to put it in your GPS, or Austin Martin, who is the smartest guy down there, I think. He is the most social media savvy, always putting up great pictures of uh, my Telluride and all the rest of the vehicles that they got there. Or go meet Mike DeFeo or Jeff Clock or Mickey Anselmo because they're going to put you in a nice uh, Ford uh, down at the Sunbury Motor Company, North 4th Street Plaza. Or maybe go over to the former Super Saver grocery store, which is now the Lincoln dealership. Jason Benfer's over there, and he would just love to make your acquaintance. Uh, deal makers, they are honest, more honest. They could not be. And happy customers is their main goal. So go meet these individuals. Put them on a first first-name basis. You'll meet folks like Tom Mertz and the whole crew down at the Sunbury Motor Company. There's over 100 people that work at the various locations in the car shop, but uh, each and one of them has their name in plain sight, and they would just love to make your acquaintance and super serve you in the only way they know how, and that's by making a good deal with you. So the Sunbury Motor Company, please start out at sunburymotors.com. We have an emailer who says, Joe Scarborough, in my opinion, shouldn't have a news show. I stopped watching him about a year ago. Yes, Joe, he has a TV news program. You would think he would acknowledge that and learn how he can use his news program to be on neither side. But sadly, he uses it abusively, calling people names and making fun of people. That's not what should be done in a news show. I agree. Mike, thanks for calling in. we got another caller coming in, From but Mike's Milmont. on the air. Mike, go right ahead. Yeah, uh, Three Mile Island. I mean, that, a couple calls ago, it spouting off about nuclear power being clean. I mean, the, the spent rods 
radioactive water and all the debris from the the worst nuclear accident in the history of the United States is still laying down there at Three Mile Island, near not too far from where I live. And now all the the spent water and spent rods from the the other reactors laying there because the whole place is shut down now. Does does this have something to do with what your definition of clean may be? I mean, I, I don't see how nuclear power plants qualify. Okay. Well, yeah, I think uh, I think nuclear power. I think he just. I don't think he said nuclear power is clean. He, th- he said it doesn't produce greenhouse gases, which is well, it's probably true. But uh, oh, so it's okay y- to pollute the water like Trump is by uh, eliminating the EPA regu- uh, regulations uh, yesterday. For, well, that's uh, another topic. Clean yeah, water. That's, yeah, that's those are the many policies that you can disagree with the president on. Oh, uh, yeah, many, many that's, people that's the do. worst. I think that's going to be. Uh, one of the worst things against Trump is, that, I mean, there, there was an uproar for for EPA rule and regulations concerning clean water on account of, well, it was I, they had, didn't know how bad the nuclear thing was yet, but there was Dow and DuPont and the Love Canal. I don't know if anybody remembers that little incident back in them days. And it was a Republican president that signed the EPA law in, into, uh, signed it into law. Uh, it was Richard Nixon. Okay. But I, I don't know why anybody thinks getting rid of uh, clean water uh, rules and regulations is a good idea for anybody. Can somebody could uh, the the uh, conservative guy in there explain that to me? How that's a good idea? All right, we'll take the next caller and we'll ask him that. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for checking in. Right. Bye, Paul. You're on the mark. You got, okay, food. You got oh. 10 seconds. Count them. Okay. Oh. okay. <laughs> that, that is when you guys talk, you better b- talk to the wall. <laughs> and, and <laughs> we do do that sometimes. Yes, Thank do. you so much, and, Paul. As we'll part of the wall, we're glad you called. <laughs> hold that thought, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. Joe, thanks for coming in. I'll we'll see, see you tomorrow. tomorrow. We're going to enjoy open phones. Tomorrow's culinary day here on WKOK. No, it's Th- Women's Beauty Day. This is No, it's culinary. This is WKOK Sunbury. <laughs>